All right, guys, we're live. The uh, first remote bullshit podcast. COVID, COVID version. The first the COVID time. cast. COVID, the C is for cast. <laughs> we could probably come up with an acronym for that. <laughs> um, Rich is not here because he's a some bitch. Um, I don't know where the fuck he's at, what he's doing. I assume he's having technical difficulties. Living <laughs> in 1987. He has to dial in. <laughs> His goddamn rotary phones are rough for getting into podcasts. He was trying to get in and then his wife made a phone call. <laughs> I had to set up call wave. Well, like everyone else in America right now, we're all pretty much on lockdown, uh, housebound. So uh, we found an alternative to where we can still put the podcast out and not uh, be uh, swapping each other's germs. So uh, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with that. <laughs> Well, you know, there's other ways to swap germs. You know, I could, you know, unzip my pants. Mark. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> Here we go with that. It started already. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> yeah, that's nice and loud. Um, yeah, this is, this is interesting. We're using uh, Zencaster, which so far has been pretty damn impressive with its quality and in, in, uh, in controls. So that has uh, made it easier. Yeah, it sounds really good. <laughs> I'm impressed with it, and it's easy to use. So, um, and we're not even getting paid by them, but they are they are offering free uh, free not free accounts, but uh, they've lifted a lot of their limits um, between the, what they call hobbyist account and their pro account uh, in wake of the the COVID nineteen everybody stay at home thing. So I guess we are benefiting from that. So I'll give them some props. It's a it's a neat system. So this podcast, quite literally, brought to you by <laughs> Zencaster. No right? And that's not even a plug. That's just a fact. So, um, we've got uh, we've got Skype running in the background with video, so we can see each other's pretty faces. Um, Doug, quit pointing your camera at your crotch. That's I just I just assumed that was Doug. Oh, you you just did. Yeah, there we go. Unzip your pants. (laughs) Yeah. So, under weird shit that uh, might not have gotten any attention otherwise, I think this whole uh, Tiger King thing on Netflix uh, lies at the intersection of. I've watched every fucking thing on Netflix and Jesus Christ, this is a redneck train wreck. Well, it shoved it in your face. Like it's one of those that got a lot of Netflix promo. Like as soon as you started Netflix, it's like, you want to watch this? Hey, do you want to watch this? Hey, Hey. Well, you know, uh, most of the time Netflix does that with whenever their new stuff comes out. So the whole Tiger King thing hit the same time the COVID uh, <laughs> lockdown started going into a place. And, yeah, uh, no shit. One right? led to the other. But uh, <laughs> I, I'll tell you, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I was raised in Alabama and it was weird uh, watching that particular special because it reminded me of so many fucking rednecks from back home. <laughs> and uh you know it, it it seems like to be involved in the tiger community 
you've got to be that giant douchebag that nobody would want to be friends with. So you have to get that added factor, like those assholes that'll show up to like a fucking Starbucks and they got a parrot on their shoulder or they're toting a fucking monkey, you know, oh, something like a MacBook. Uh, yeah. Don't think it's <laughs> yeah, don't think it's a MacBook. Yeah. Oh, uh, the hateful emails I'm going to get. <laughs> but, you know, something to have that conversation starter. Ooh, look at me. I'm fucking cool. Because every last one of those people, they just need to drown them immediately, you know? Well, and I think that's, I think that's what that show is kind of falsely propagating too. I mean, there's, you know, I was reading the other day that um, the majority of the animals featured in that special are housed in Colorado. Now there's a, about an hour from Denver, I think maybe there's a, uh, a wildlife refuge and they took in a bunch of the tigers from that. So I, I think that there are folks that have got a little, you know, common decency and, in sense about them that are in that genre of industry, whatever, but, but like, they don't make good else, TV. Exactly. But like, you know, that would be boring if they're like, yeah, I, I pay my bills. I, I bathe and I try not to get into any drama. Okay. Well, there was uh, season one. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I actually, I remember when all that, that shit went down with that guy. And um, I remember thinking, wow, what a piece of shit then. And I refuse I try real hard and I preach to other folks. Don't make stupid people famous. I am so fucking sick of stupid people getting famous and it's too late. This motherfucker is famous now more so than he ever was good for him. And for all the wrong fucking reasons, I refuse to watch that, that, uh, show i i don't even want to call it a fucking documentary because i promise you it's good no it's not <laughs> it's really good okay let, let let me impart this i am a sick fuck let's go ahead and get that out right here i assume you're telling people who may not know you and are listening because oh yes right. yeah i mean I'm that's sure. wow that, that's that's almost like saying hey my name is doug anyway. <laughs> i know what i was thinking <laughs> But regardless of that, my favorite part in the whole seven-hour episode of the thing is at one point, uh, one of his husbands, because he's a gay polygamist, one of his husbands, after one of them has already left, uh, is talking to his campaign manager and is uh, brandishing a gun about, and he's... He, he he's out of camera. You can't see him. Part. So you can only see the campaign manager and he's sitting there and he point, apparently he points the gun at the campaign manager and the campaign manager says, Hey, don't do that. That's not cool or something terribly close. And the guy is an idiot. And he says, man, this is a Ruger. A Ruger won't even fire without the magazine in it. Look. And then he holds it up to his head, pulls the trigger, and blows his own brains out. And the only thing that you see from this is the campaign manager sitting there, 
and he immediately gets a look of shock on his face after you see a flash off screen. And I swear to God, the motherfucker does the home alone face. He holds both of his palms up to his hand, <laughs> up to his head and opens his mouth wide open. And I fucking lost it right there. <laughs> you, you know, they have, they have a response. They have a very uh, perfect response for that. And it's one word and it's, Darwin. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got to say is yeah. Darwin. That was that was my favorite part in the whole damn thing. I, I'm sorry, I just have a I have a low threshold of sympathy to stupidity. Right, I feel bad for people when bad shit happens to them. I do, and I feel bad for people when things don't go the way they expected. And hell, I've done some stupid shit. Right. <laughs> I can't, oh, overwhelmed by memories. Um, I've done a lot of stupid shit, right? <laughs> but I have never expected sympathy when I do stupid shit, right? I do like a little bit of sympathy when bad shit happens to me. Someone say, hey, Dan, are you okay? Are you all right? Is everything, you know, is there anything I can do? And I try to do the same thing. But when people do things that are just egregiously stupid, like I'm not saying, oh, a guy, hey, we've all got buddies, uh, male, female that have dated the wrong people. And maybe you told them, Hey, this person's not good for you, whatever. And they did it anyway. And they got their heart broke and, and their bank accounts emptied and everything else. I still have and sympathy for transmitted disease at, at minimum. <laughs> I, I, I still feel sympathy for those people though, because we all get caught up in stuff like that, but I'm sorry. Putting a loaded gun to your fucking head and pulling the trigger. Dude, Sorry. I have to say, like, it was morbid, but it was pretty funny when they set up a <laughs> memorial. They set this memorial up for him, and all it was was, like, a side-by-side four-wheeler uh, on some rocks. And that was, like, the display, and it had his name on this piece of wood all crooked. And I'm like, yeah, this is where we come and remember him. And I'm like... <sighs> <laughs> To each their own, right? You know, everybody's everybody's got a different way to mourn. And, you know, in those situations, you know who I feel bad for. I feel bad for the people that are impacted by his stupid fucking decision, right? I don't feel bad for him. The gene pool got cleansed a little that day. It's the people that – because killing yourself or being killed, dying you know, prematurely without any sort of warning, that hurts a lot of people. And there were people that cared about this guy, I'm sure, right? Um, those are the folks I feel bad for. So, you know, if you're going to go do something fucking stupid, try to think of the people that that you're leaving behind and, uh, you know, might might it, it might be detrimental to their world for you to put a... That's some higher in. level thinking that I don't think everybody is capable of. Brother, I'm starting to think that very few fucking people are capable of it, man. I'm, I'm becoming more arrogant... Uh, about my my ability to reason every day um, was Charles Bukowski said the problem with the world is that uh, stupid people are full of confidence um, while intelligent people are full of self doubt. Now I'm not a huge Bukowski fan. I think a lot of his shit is way overrated. I think he was overrated, but I, but I he's do edgy and depressed. Edgy and depressed, right? Which overrated. Um, That's the millennial thing, though. It's ah, and you know that it does seem like it's it's the the younger generations that have really kind of elevated him. Him and um, uh, 
uh, the guy that they did Fear and Loathing. Uh, what the hell was his Oh, name? Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, he's another one. I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, he was famous for doing drugs. Eh, at best, his writing was barely average, in my opinion. But um, but, but but listen, he was. On I also drugs hate Kiss and the Beatles. When he, you know, don't fucking take my my advice or my opinion to mean shit. You know, but yeah, it's uh, I, I do believe that is one of his one of, one of Bukowski's quotes that I've always really liked. He's got another one about, you know, how can anybody um, enjoy their life when they have to get up at the butt crack of dawn, shit, shower and shave and go spend eight to ten hours working to make somebody else rich. So he did have a he had some he had some good ones. But the uh, the stupid confidence quote is fucking proven to me every day. Right. You, you meet these people that are air quotes <laughs> successful and you hear them talk and you go the fuck. <laughs> so, and I think it boils down to just sometimes going out and doing it, you know, um, remembering that perfect is the enemy of better. Uh, you know, Doug has the er policy that the, the, the dash er. it's not always about, you know, going out and running a hundred miles a day and not eating carbs, etc. but you could eat better, right? You could be a little healthier, um, make some smart, you know, make some smart choices and smart decisions. And I, I have kind of subscribed to that myself over the years. Um, part of OCD is being a bit of a perfectionist and people, when they hear that term perfectionist, it's funny because their first reaction is usually, oh, you think you're perfect. You think everything you do is perfect. Oh, no, quite the opposite, actually. Um, as a perfectionist, you don't think anything you do is good enough because if it's not perfect, then it's uh, it's not even worth worth doing, right? Um, so I'm not sure what Adam is doing right now. He's got, <laughs> he's got something stuck on his nose. Um, it really doesn't seem to make any. Is that some sort of like sex toy? Is that what? what? No, it's to stop nosebleeds. Oh, that's yeah. okay. That wow, somebody made a lot of money inventing that, designing that. <laughs> it's a little foamy nose clamp. That's hell yeah, that's, that's awesome. Do you get a lot of nosebleeds? Did you I do. That? I do. Since we moved to uh, down south of Denver. I don't know why I didn't get them when I first moved to Colorado, but since we moved south, I I get a lot of nosebleeds now. That's curious. Probably because the air is shitty down here. That could be <clears> we're <throat> a little, little closer to downtown Denver than we were before. Wind patterns. Right. Shit out here for people that don't know any better. Uh, when you know the smoke finally clears on this whole pandemic, uh, anybody that comes out to Denver, uh, one thing that kind of shocked me because I had always heard about Denver being the mile high city. I assumed, you know, that that was the biggest thing around and shit. Denver's actually one of the lowest points in the Denver metro area. Uh, everything else is higher elevation. And because yeah. we have the mountains to the west of us and, Generally, the uh, weather patterns follow the jet stream, which goes from west to east. Uh, that tends to make a lot more rain on the west side of the mountains versus the east side of the mountains. So it kind of dries the air out. So it's like living in a high desert. 
in more ways than one. <laughs> right. I was going to say, if you didn't, if you didn't make the joke, I was going to living high in the desert. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know Denver was the lowest point, but it does make sense. Actually. When you think about the uh, foothills, flat iron, you know, the, the, well, the fact that, you know, the joke is, and I, I think there might even be some truth to it is that, you know, settlers were heading to heading to California, you know, gold rush and all that. And after nasty winters and traveling and God knows what else, they got to those mountains and someone just said, nah, fuck it. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck those mountains. We'll settle right We here. done. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> Denver. Perfect. Um, it's, I like it out here. I really do. I've lived in, um, what, five, five states over the, roughly the last 10 or 11 years. Um, Ohio, Alabama, Florida, North Carolina, now Colorado. And I really do like Colorado. Um, being a, a tourist area, which make, you know, make no, um, mistake. It, it is a tourist area has some drawbacks. It, it, you know, you, you tend to cater to them, but even when I lived in Florida, I lived in Naples, which is South, um, Florida. As a matter of fact, I think it is the Southmost. Um, well, you lived in Italy. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually impressed that you know that that's that, that, that Naples, uh, Italy is where that was named after. That's, that's impressive. So yeah. I thought you were just busy getting crunk and you know, <laughs> no cap. So no cap, son, you know how I do. Yeah. Just keep yeah throw a little <laughs> shout out there for uh throw a little shout out there for rich. No cap. Um, no cap. it was, it was more, uh, what they called blue hairs. Uh, or snowbirds, right? In the wintertime, folks from up north that were affluent and had money could would go down to Naples uh, and, and live there for you know a few months. And then when summer would hit, and it was South Florida in the summer, and their, uh, their delicate little uh, systems couldn't handle that, they'd go back up north. And it was bizarre, man, because in the, in the winter, you, you couldn't get into a restaurant. Traffic was insane. And then, because I moved down there in February, I think, or somewhere in that in that realm, January, February, and it was really crowded. And everybody says, "Oh, just wait till summer hits, right?" And so summer hits, and the place is a ghost town. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's wild. What's interesting is my mom um, lived in Florida for many, many years. I think they lived in Tampa, and she, I was sending her pictures and stuff, and she was cracking up because she said she remembers when Naples was nothing when it was mangrove trees and dirt roads and they, all the people from the Tampa area would go down there in the summertime because you couldn't get to the beaches in Tampa because of all the, the snowbirds and everything and the, and the vacationers. So the natives or not natives, but the residents would go down to Naples and hang out down there because they have white sand beaches and it is gorgeous down there, but it's uh, uh, Alex Lifeson from rush had a house down there. Judge Judy. I actually, uh, buddy of mine sent me pictures um, uh, of judge Judy sitting at a pizza shop. He's like, dude, <laughs> is that fucking judge Judy? And I texted back. I was like, that is totally fucking Judy, man. So dude, that's Judy, <laughs> which I'm sure Adam right about now would say she's so fucking hot. Dude, um, she is too. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Oedipus Rex. Um, <laughs> the, the, so, and I, and I think even Steven Spielberg has a, a house down there. So, and my point is, is that you can see the affluence, right? There's a, ton of fucking money down there. I was not a fan of Naples. I loved the people I worked with, the women that I worked with at 
the insurance company were fucking awesome. I still keep up with most of them uh, today. They were just really good fucking people, and I and I still love the hell out of all of them. But the the area itself, I was not a huge fan of um, because of that. But uh, we definitely live in a tourist area out here, and the mountains and whatnot. And it, it gets a little funny. I was out on the bike last year, having a bad day, like people do, and uh, kind of feeling sorry for myself. And all of a sudden, I realized that you know I'm cruising around on a Harley Davidson in the Rocky Mountains. Um, which at the time when we were up North was about, took me about 15 minutes to get into the mountains. And there was a sudden reality check. You know, it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm cruising around up in the mountains where people, uh, pay a lot of money to, to come out here and vacation. And it's in my fucking backyard. So you got to put that into perspective. Um, and Estes is still, I still love going up there. Estes. I'm sorry. A friend of mine corrected me. She said, it's not testes, Dan. It's Estes. So <laughs> Testes Park. <laughs> it's a proper noun. You can say however the fuck you want to say it. Hell yeah. Getting all it's not a real fucking word. Bibliotechnical on people. <laughs> well, uh earlier on in the podcast, we were well not this particular podcast, but in previous versions, if you care to go back. We had given South Korea a little bit of crap for uh, spreading coronavirus uh, through one of their larger churches in the area. But I tell you one thing, I would much rather be in South Korea right now. Uh, Those guys had their act together. I've been following the news since then. And South Korea acted like every pandemic movie that you've ever seen. As soon as they realized that they had a problem, uh, they started wide-scale testing immediately, uh, whereas ours are ramping up, and we were way behind the curve. South Korea was not behind the curve for very long. They implemented a program of mass testing in areas uh, based on the results that they were getting. They instituted lockdowns uh, strategically. They didn't just lock down the entire country. They locked down strategic areas while they were uh, doing testing. Uh, Citizens were uh, downloading apps on their phone directly so the government could track movements. Hell yeah. Uh, So they, they ran it like every pandemic movie that you've ever seen. And they've... While they haven't got it totally stamped out, they've got a better handle on it than pretty much anybody outside of China does. Uh, so you take a look at Italy, you take a look at France. Uh, that was their own shit show. We're in uh, the version of that now to where if we would have started testing a lot earlier, uh, we wouldn't have had to basically give our own economy the fucking guillotine. But uh, that, you know, uh, at the top, you know, we were just told, oh, this isn't a big deal. Uh, This is just going to kind of be like the flu. Uh, They had issues with tests that that they were sending out uh, in the beginning uh, because we couldn't adopt, you know, tests that were already in place. No, we had to develop our own. So we had that development time in there. Uh, and it's, uh, 
basically for the United States, uh, we're going to see what happens in a couple of weeks uh, as far as the numbers, but the numbers are not indicative of what's actually going on with the coronavirus right now because we do not have mass scale testing in place uh, and we're not going to for quite some time. Uh, and we keep hearing uh, conflicting information from the top saying, you know, everybody that wants a test can get a test. And meanwhile, the facts on the ground uh, totally disprove that. So, yeah, I, we'd like to say go South Korea. With, <laughs> not, not Starcraft and COVID that. testing. It's yeah. fucking perfect, right? These guys, <laughs> these guys have... A lot of good things in my life. Well, they reacted a lot faster because their reaction time is so much better. From StarCraft, right? Yes. Yeah. Actions, yeah. actions per minute. Per minute. Insane. Yeah. 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 It's, the, I, am, I am absolutely disgusted with the U.S.'s response. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to get too deep into politics because, Jesus Christ, I can't escape it, right? People have even made COVID political, I guess, to some degree I'm about to. Uh, but it, it does show that leadership, and I don't mean just Trump. I'm not, I'm not Trump bashing. Uh, I mean, just across the board, it shows that we were, I think the U S especially, we live in this little bubble where we're almost like spoiled children. The U S other than, you know, in, in my lifetime, other than maybe like nine 11, there haven't been any very serious issues that people have had to deal with. It's not like I talked to my parents and I, and my grandparents and they talked about World War II and uh, you know, the, the things that they went through during World War II. And I think that we are seeing a small amount of that, right? The, uh, they went into like true honest to God rationing and things like that. Um, and, and now we, what, what I see, I call it panic light. Um, what I mean by that is that this is not an airborne, uh, hemorrhagic fever that your you know that your brain melts out of your head. Uh, speaking of uh, disaster movies or uh, um, you know apocalypse type movies, Contagion from 2011, phenomenal movie. And if you watch it now, it's actually kind of eerie how well it predicted the way that people were going to react. Keep in mind that they had a um, uh, oh what do you call it a uh, Hmm. Yeah. Good one. Good, yeah, good yeah, I got, got him. Good got point. him. Yeah, I got him. Hey, uh, <laughs> got those facts right on the fucking tip of your tongue, huh? Yeah, right. Um, go ahead, stop right there. Unzip your pants. Unzip my pants. Let me hold on. Let me unzip my pants and let the, <laughs> and let the real fucking brain out. The one that does most of my thinking for me, anyway. Um, they had a uh, consultant. Jeez, Louise. Uh, wow. consultant. I was counting. That was like two minutes. Yeah. To get the word consultant out of my fucking head. You're talking, this is from a guy who never stops fucking talking. You'd think that my brain would work faster than that. Um, it's, uh, there was a consultant and I can't remember his name. I'm kind of half looking it up here on online, but he is a, I think a, a, a virologist and guys are incredibly intelligent. And of course they're hitting him up now. And he was a consultant for that film, which explains why it is so eerily um, accurate all the way to people trying to make a profit off of the tragedy. So I, I highly recommend that film. It was uh, 2011 Contagion. It's got Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow. And it's really cool. And, and, and as it goes through, it kind of explains things. 
but um, it, it it kind of even forecasted that we wouldn't be prepared. Um, you know, I've gotten into. Uh, I told I Adam. Him. Told Adam yesterday. What was his name? Ian Lipkin. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, he's a virologist out in like San Diego or somewhere. I think. Um, and was the consultant for that flick. And it's uh, like I said, I think everyone should watch it. It it uh, it predicted a lot of really creepy things that are already happening. Uh, and again, it is an airborne uh, hemorrhagic fever, and people's brains are melting. Um, so they, they take it a little, you know, maybe one step further than, yeah, than COVID, but again, it's for impact, right? It's for, for the interest. Um, I've well, told it's scary if it doesn't kill you. And just yeah, right. If everyone just had the flu oh, and right, so killed a few people. people. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's not going to, you know, they gotta, they gotta ramp that up. And I told Adam the other day, I, I make the, I make a huge mistake in that I read comments on stories and things on social media and, it has shown me just how fucking stupid uh, people really are. Uh, you know, D- Doug, Doug and I, this is another thing that Doug has kind of brought to my attention that I've subscribed to. And it's sort of the Goldilocks principle, right? In that um, uh, his is a little bit different, right? He calls like his Goldilocks job, that perfect job would be this or that, or a Goldilocks scenario would be, you know, this or that for me. I took that and kind of changed it a little bit and it's just how I view the world and I view it from a Goldilocks perspective. Far left, far right, too soft, too hard, too cold, too hot. I try to stay right in the middle of everything, right? Because I just think that's how life is. Um, Life is not black and white, but at least not very few of the decisions I've ever had to make were black and white. I think if they were, it'd make my life a lot easier. But it seems like when I read the comments, people... People are going from this ain't nothing, it's no big deal, to Jesus, I'm hiding under my bed hyperventilating, right? And again, I was looking up some facts about uh, like car accidents in 2019 um, versus COVID deaths. And I think according to what I'm seeing, uh, COVID deaths are somewhere around like I can't even find it now, but in 2019, roughly 40,000 people lost their lives to car crashes, right? But you don't stop driving. You use common sense precautions. You do the speed limit. You keep your vehicle maintained. You wear seatbelts, et cetera, et cetera. That's all I think people need to do right now. Um, this, I, you know, I've said before, I'm a 2A supporter. I'm, I'm kind of anti-Fed. Uh, I'm not a big fan of big government. I'm seeing a lot of cries for socialism right now that freak me out a little bit, to be completely straight. Um, you know, they should just shut everything down and the government should take care of us while we're, and I'm just like, whoa, pump the brakes. I think, I think we should um, take notes from the Philippines president and just start killing people who leave their homes. Yeah. <laughs> see, there's that, there's that other side of it, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's gotten a little, <laughs> it's just gotten a little bit creepy. And but the thing is, he's he's full of shit. Like he's not going to enforce that. Like he when so like way back, like multiple years ago, he agreed with Canada that uh, they could pay him, and then they could drop all their trash off in the Philippines. And then the public started getting pissed about it, like last year, and he said he was going to officially wage war with Canada. <laughs> if they didn't come take their trash back guess what never happened 
One, Canada's never came and got their fucking trash. And two, war never got waged because I think the Philippines army consists of two tugboats. The uh, the Canada-Philippine um, <laughs> conflict, <laughs> as we all know, and uh, the, the lives lost from that, eh? Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I think it, I, the, the problem is just this, again, tribalism, dude. It really tribalism. is. That's exactly what it is. It's it tribal identity. Petrifying. It this is, is this is panic I, light. This, this this is why I'm an independent. Uh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I tend to lead lead toward the policy that makes the most common sense, not that makes the best sound bite. Um, and, and, and the biggest thing is is these tribal identities, they become almost a belief system. Uh, conservatives, liberals, uh, it, it's, and, and, and even amongst racial groups, uh, that uh, a tribal identity, you, you tend to cling to those as if they're a belief system. And if you do a lot of research, the closer something is to becoming a belief, the less it has to be backed by facts. And the harder you try to pull someone away from those beliefs, the harder they will actually cling to them. And all of us have seen that in uh, Facebook discussions over and over and over to where you've got something you'll have uh, a fact check news article. And this fact check news article by somebody like the AP, you know, the Associated Press. And they will demonstrate where this thing happened. And you will have someone that denies it happening. And yeah, it's like, here's the pictures, here's the dates, here's the times, here's the everything. This person's fucking lying about whatever. Uh, and you will have someone because that person shares their tribal identity and their belief system will immediately adopt uh, fake news. Some sort and, of counter argument. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, those, that's, that's all just bullshit. They made yeah. that stuff up digitally because <laughs> it, it conflicts with my belief system. And that's not exclusive to the Republicans. It's not exclusive no. to Democrats. No. Uh, although I should think Trump has practically trademarked that shit. But, uh, you know, because that's what he spouts all the time. And the first step in a great disinformation campaign is for you to become the only source of truth. Mm -hmm. And if you have someone that has effectively followers in this belief system and tells you, oh, everything, all these news sources, the media and everything else telling you it's all wrong. Uh Let's see here. Can can you hear me? Sorry, I just saw something pop up on my screen. But yeah, uh, they basically take it because of their belief system. They don't believe everything else that they hear. And 
if there's somebody that finds that that's listening to this right now that finds that disturbing or that finds that, oh, that conflicts with what I'm hearing from my favorite politician, all I would invite you to do is take a very close look at the Church of Scientology in the way that they treat anyone outside of the Church of Scientology belief system and anyone that's associated with the world uh, and anything that debunks their uh, belief system, they're immediately uh, basically excommunicated uh, and church members are shunned to stay away from those people. So you've got to sit there and take a step back and say, listen, I think the Church of Scientology is full of shit. But I'm hearing similar stuff from my from from my politician that right. I voted for that shares my belief system. You should back up and take a look at that because anybody that tells you everyone else is lying to you and I am the only source of truth, <laughs> just, just get ready because the bullshit is coming. Some of you have got to have had some ex-boyfriend girlfriends that, you know, basically said the same thing. And I want to point out that L. Ron Hubbard was a fucking genius. The Church of Scientology is com in complete shit. Um, we're all going to be, you know, um, sued here soon for this. Um, but and, and I love it because it's kind of how I feel about all religion. And L. Ron Hubbard put in one of his books back, I think, in the God 50s. He said that if you want to if you want to rule the world or rule uh, people's minds, create your own religion. And the son of a bitch did it, and I've got I've got no hate for him uh, for what he did. Right, good on you. But I think that um, uh, I think politics is the new religion. Amen. Uh, that reminds me, I need to catch up on American Gods. Um, that's also an, an, a phenomenal show, and, and that comment actually fits with it perfectly. But I got into not into it, but I was trying to. I like to debate. Right. And, and Doug and Adam both know that I love to debate. Um, I, I love to discuss because I think it can bring out some really awesome uh, conversation. What I cannot tolerate is when two adults effectively uh, take the role of two children screaming at each other, saying, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. That fucking drives me nuts. And, and I made a comment the other day in regards to, you know, I am doing the social distancing and all that. I am trying to do it to flatten the curve. I do believe in all of that because I have a brain and it's, um, I, I made a, I, I made a comment to that. And, uh, I said, you know, the fact that you can see what is happening or happened in Italy, right. And they've got the number two rated healthcare system, uh, in the world thing, but right behind France, I think it was yep. the U S for comparison number two. The U.S. for comparison, if I remember correctly, was 27th, maybe 37th, 37th. Was it 37th? Yeah. I think like yeah. Guam or somebody was above us or something. Costa Rica. <laughs> Costa Rica. That's it. Right. So it, it, the and I made that comment and someone immediately was was pissed off. They're like, that's bullshit. New York's got all the respirators they need and all that. And I never even I don't think I even mentioned New York. It was funny to watch them go after New York. And then they, I said, okay, well, where, where are you getting your information that they've got enough, um, that they've got enough, uh, Jared Kushner, 
<laughs> that's all he's been saying equipment he's been like new york has all the equipment they need and everyone's like no one asked he's like they have we're not we're not giving them any more ventilators they have enough yeah i did my own math i did my own math and that's it, what he said the medical professional said dude they don't have enough and he said i did the calculations on my own they totally have enough we're not giving them anymore see and that and that that you know, I'm the type that I, I see things and I hear things and I input that information and I try to make a decision off of it. But at no point do I ever say, uh, or I try real hard not to say, I, I guess I do it sometimes, but I try real hard never to say, this is an absolute. This is exactly how it is. This is not. Because too many times in my life, I have held on to something like that, that I thought was very true and very real. And then at some point was corrected, sometimes painfully. Because it was a belief because it was a belief, right? I mean, <laughs> so uh, the, the guy goes on and on and I said, well, where, where are you getting information? And he's like, you could just find it on Google. Well, okay. I found the information that I presented um, via web searches. Okay. So I found my information from basically kind of the same place that you're telling me you to go find yours. Find, uh, the time cube on Google. The time cube. Oh God. That's going to have to be a whole nother podcast. Dude. Okay. The time cube. Okay. There's this guy and he was clearly like mentally fucked up. But for some reason like colleges kept let him kept letting him come talk. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to say that the time cube was that was this theory that he had that really one day was actually four days because time is a cube with four sides even though a cube has six sides with four sides. <laughs> so really one day was four days and the government was keeping this from you to waste three quarters of your time. Okay. Yeah. I'll look that up at some point. So that's what fucked up. But to that end, they've done, (laughs) (laughs) they've done experiments where they take people, lock them in the rooms, give them no sense of time, take any watch that they may have, take the clock, take everything and, you know, it's like the lights don't turn off, whether it's day or night, and people start losing their fucking mind. Mm-hmm. You know, our circadian rhythm, circadian, bleh, circadian rhythm um, gets, you know, we, we have it, it. It's been around for millions of years because the sun rises and the sun sets and humans, mammals, crustacean, I don't know, have all kind of, you know, wrapped into that. And it, but but what was what, what's interesting is that this guy. He just could not believe the, the, the idea that Italy, that some other country has a better anything than, than the United States, just did not compute with this guy. I'm all about, you know, being proud of your country, not necessarily nationalism, but being proud of your country and where you live because you should. Italians um, were huge on that at one time. It was called fascism. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no shit. Um, Duce. But they've got they've got one of the one of the top uh, you know, medical, uh, infrastructures and it was, it was starting to break. It was Boeing, right? I called New York when this all started. I thought, man, if any place gets hit in this country, it's going to be NY. And of course it absolutely has. Right. So, but it was interesting because I, I said, okay, well, you know, the way a debate works is that I provide some facts and then you provide some facts. But well, you I, can't debate beliefs because they're not based in facts. That fact, irony, was beaten into my head when everything that this guy sent me um, were basically quotes from Trump. 
Every yeah. single one of them. And I'm not, again, I'm not going to get into, I, I have, I don't think I've liked a single president since I've been old enough to vote. Um, so it's not that I'm a, a Trump basher. Cause like Doug, I'm an independent. I, I don't go, um, I, I don't fall on either side of that line, but you, again, it goes back to what Doug was saying about, believe me, I am the only source of truth. That should be dangerous. You should immediately question that. Um, and, and, and this whole don't. thing, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's as opposed to where we're used to, uh, and you can go back in history, uh, as, at least as far as I've been alive. And for the most part, uh, you know, you've got some people like Nixon and a few other things, but for the most part, when the shit hit the fan, the president's job was to get in front of the American people on a prime time address and point out and say, listen, this is what's going on right now. And this is what we're doing about it. And, uh, you know, there may be uh, some stuff that didn't need to be released to the public. There may have been some embellishments in there. But never before have I seen the president function as a fucking hype man in the middle of uh, any sort of crisis. I mean, it's almost like we have a Flavor Flav type character that's up there. Yeah, boy, (laughs) this coronavirus is going down. We're going to be in church by Easter. Yeah. It's almost like we took a reality show host and made him the president. Almost. 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 almost, Right? Yeah. Jerry Springer, 2020. Um, (laughs) Fuck, why not? I mean, at this point, uh, Hector. Kanye fucking West would probably do a better job. Hector Camacho. um, Damn it, I can't remember his full name from uh, Idiocracy. (laughs) I love Terry Crews. I'm a Terry Crews fan. I'll watch anything he's in. He amuses the living daylights out of me. Um, And that, you know, it's got what plants crave. So (laughs) I I just, I love it. It's Um, got electrolytes. (laughs) That circular fucking logic is so British. Like that's basically how Monty Python works. He just talked in circles for 20 minutes. It's well, got what plants crave. Electrolytes. What is that? Well, it's what plants crave. It's, <laughs> and then, hey, it worked for other guys in Monty Python too. So you know, um, also a big fan of Monty Python by no, you know, stretch of the imagination, right? Monty Python greater than Mel Brooks. I said it. Ooh, I said it. That's right. That's right. That's tough, but I'm gonna. That, I'm gonna that's agree with you. I'm gonna agree with you. It's all subjective stuff. Whenever. It is subjective. It is. I don't disagree. It's. But I'm, uh, I'm going to agree with Adam on that. One. Relative, you know. But yeah, I, if I had to write, if if you said one of these can no longer exist in your memory, you you've got to you got to wipe it out. Either everything you've ever seen from Monty Python or stolen from them, um, or Mel Brooks. But God, I do quote. I quote Spaceballs a lot too. So my favorite. Yeah. We ain't found shit. Um, that's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, but, that's who we've got doing coronavirus tests right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, two, uh, the two black dudes in the desert from uh, Spaceballs. Yeah. We ain't found shit. You know, and you, you may, I don't know why that, that 
clicked in my head, but uh, Fauci, is that his name? Dr. Anthony Fauci. I like the guy, right? Yeah. I really do. And there's very he, few people like no that. Bullshit. He really is. And <laughs> he's been doing this, I think I read um, since Reagan. I think he that's when he started that the position that he's in was around Reagan. So he's he's done this a time or two. But that's what I like about him. He's just real straightforward. He doesn't bullshit. I saw the interview he did where uh, they were asking him about preparedness. That's and he's how just, the rest of government is supposed to function. See, what yeah, you're supposed well. to have is you're supposed to have a guy at the top that you don't leave in place for too long so he can't turn around and totally become Vladimir Putin or whatever. Hey, uh, Vladimir Putin is voted for every single year. All right? Yeah, sure voted. he is. Voted. Legitimately. That's, that's cute. Uh, did you do air quotes because uh, voted like that? Yeah, Scientology <laughs> and the KGB. We are, we are batting a thousand <laughs> That's all right. If one of us dies from uh, polonium poisoning or something, <laughs> <laughs> right? It'll be total coincidence, I'm sure. Little ricine. In oh the, yeah, uh, there's polonium all over the place in Denver. Doug probably just licked something he wasn't supposed to. What are you doing with the tip of that umbrella, sir? Prick! Ow! I don't feel well. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Um, I like Fauci. I do. I, I like the way he presents information. Like I said, they were talking about preparedness, and he's just like, "No, we weren't." And it's and that is a, a shortcoming. Oh, uh, Fauci was talking about the ventilator problem in New York, and that was when Kushner decided he did the math better than Fauci, and that they actually mm. have enough ventilators. This, and you this know, is why I hate politicians because <laughs> politicians put their own spin on shit. That's. That that's well, don't we all uh, though? I mean, doesn't everybody kind of put their own narrative on? on right. Everything? Well, I mean, it's it, it's impossible to you know have a total totally apolitical opinion, uh, however you'd want to call it. But uh, when it's very obvious bias, and the way you're supposed to have all of the departments in government function, because we. Politics in America is a pendulum swing. Oh, yeah. We don't like this shit. Now we're going to the other side. Okay, yeah. we tried the other side. Now we're going back to the other shit. And it, it, it constantly goes that way. And the way most of government is supposed to function, you have people like the Atomic Energy Commission, the Department of Energy, uh, the State Department, Parks and Rec, Social Security Administration, IRS. They're all supposed to be apolitical entities because you've you've got a constant change of leadership at the top but it's not like everyone in all of these departments simultaneously get fired every time a new administration comes right in. right uh, the way that it's supposed to work and I'm going to say that away say it that again the way it's supposed to work is you have all of these government agencies that are managing the day-to-day -day business of the United States. And there is continuity there. You've got people that have, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of experience, and they're very, very good at what they do. And they really, by and large, don't give a 
fuck who the boss is at the very top of this whole pyramid, just as long as they're left alone to manage the day-to-day things that they do very well. Where politics gets all muddy is when you start to see a flush of these entities and you start to see cronies put in place to put their political spin on other bullshit because it's terribly inconvenient. But we're draining the swamp, Doug. We're getting rid of all of that. That has all been gotten rid of. And only only people that are qualified are being put in charge of things like, I don't know, the EPA, you know. Um, the Department uh, of Education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't, I don't know where you're going with that, man. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, uh, that's what's bothered me the most about the current administration is the abandonment of facts, the uh, getting rid of career people who by and large do a great job uh, at doing specifically what they do, but you flush them because they're not constantly singing songs about how much they love kissing your ass. And uh, well, that's, that's just that's that's bothersome to me. Uh, and when you have a cult of personality, ego driven anyone up at the top, uh, regardless if it's Republican, Democrat, communist, uh, libertarian, frog, llama, monkey, llama. Dog. Fuck llamas, dude, you know, llamas are fucking evil. Llamas are evil. And you know this. Fuck yes. a llama. Yeah, <laughs> fuck llamas. So one of the things that I, many, many, many moons ago, well over 20 years ago, um, my first wife and I were, well, first ex-wife and I, that's fine, um, were on welfare, right? And that's, I, I am I am a huge fan. I am, a, I, I love the fact that I live in a country that can create a welfare system and take care of people who uh, have trouble taking care of themselves. Now, and we'll go off on another uh, episode someday about how fucked up the welfare system is. But I, I come from a blue collar family. I am a proud person. I work. I like to work. I like having that feeling of accomplishment and of, of contributing something. Right. So I did not, that did not bode well for me. I used um, one of the benefits was to go get a certificate in something. I chose to get my class ACDL. Uh, basically, I can drive semis. Right. 80,000 pounds of nonsense with me behind the wheel seems a little bit dangerous, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I got a job and uh, we attempted to get off of welfare. And the reason that I say attempted is because they kept calling us, sending us nasty grams. They continued to send us, uh, you know, food stamps at the time. Now they got the the, the card, EBT card, but it was food stamps back then, which people would sell like $100 of food stamps for $50 of cash. Um, that's why it's a card now that's i'm sure right um <laughs> so when I, I would contact these folks and i'd be very polite about you know well hey look you know we've got we've got jobs what do we need to do to uh you know to kind of end our benefits and all that you know because we don't need to do it anymore we're you know, very thankful etc and they're like uh you you need to come down here and do this thing to keep getting your benefits and we're like no 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 no, stop. Listen. <laughs> so at the time my ex had just gotten a job as a CNA. Um, I was working, driving truck. I think I was driving dump truck at the time. 
and we were doing okay, but they needed, they had this stuff, these things we needed to fulfill, you know, to keep getting our benefits and we couldn't make it because we were at work. Um, and it was just, it was bizarre to me, but what it made me realize is that these people have no vested interest. You want to complain about the welfare system. You want to complain how broken it is. And you, you wouldn't be wrong. I would agree with you. You've got to look at the people running it because as long as there is a massive number, as long as there's work to be done, you can justify your budget. You can justify your, uh, your, your paycheck. And so these government agencies that you're speaking of that have become as, silly and corrupt as they have, a lot of it is, is internal, right? It wasn't like you said, it wasn't the Democrat or the Republican up at the top. It was the way that these systems were left to go. And again, I'm a statist. I just learned that term over probably the last year. I believe the state should be allowed to, to kind of run things the way they do. And the ones that are successful are successful and the ones that aren't, aren't. And then the fed should just have a, uh, you know, protect the States, um, you know, keep us from fighting with, each other and dumb shit like that. But like the department of education, why the fuck do we need a federal department of education, especially when we rank where we do nationally against the world where we do, you have failed, right? Obviously you have failed. Everything that you have done has failed period. Except you got to have a federal department of education so that when you move from North Carolina to South Carolina, you don't go back seven grades. Hey, then Tell your folks don't move to fucking South Carolina. It's real easy, right? Yeah, that, that's not the way, way that shit works. If you don't like the way a company <laughs> just runs, don't move there. You don't use just, them. Just don't don't go there, right? <laughs> but the the thing is, is what the feds have done. They haven't improved it across the board, right? If anything, they've probably created a lowest common denominator. Um, and th- no child left behind. Yeah, about that. Um, no child left behind. <laughs> oh, I know all about that. Don't worry. <laughs> right. I have educators in the family. And it's not, uh, it, and it's not a, for me, it's it not a liberal versus conservative thing. <laughs> Funny that the, a person, um, uh, Brandy Love, who I'm sure both of you know who that is. Uh, Who's that? She, <laughs> she's an adult film star. She's incredible. Oh, really? That's, that's where I remember that name from. I was like, <laughs> and uh, I believe she's a, she's a Trump supporter and some people, you know. You just do control are, H, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, control no, H. Don't type P into the browser. Don't type P into the browser. Um, <laughs> she made a comment. She had to say something on her Instagram. Yes, I follow Brandy Love on Instagram. And uh, she she said, listen, I, I think I need to step up here and say something because people were bashing her for, uh, you know, being a Trump fan or whatever. And uh, it's like, look, dude, I I watch her because she's hot and does creepy sexual things that I find interesting. Um, I don't really give a shit what her politics are. Right. And, and that's not to be dismissive. I just don't care. I don't care what a lot of people's politics are. But she made a comment that about that she is. um socially liberal and I think like fiscally conservative or, or basically what she was saying was, is that, and I kind of subscribe to this myself, that the way you live your life and the way that you do things, she's very liberal, right? I mean, you kind of have to be, if you were an adult film star to be a little liberal about <laughs> how you choose to use your own body and display yourself, etc. And good for them, right? They should, it, it is theirs. Um, but that her politics were a little more conservative. And I started thinking about that because I kind of fall into the same place, right? What you do, how you live your life, whether or not you do drugs or drink or have sex with a lot of people or have sex with goats or llamas or whatever you want to do. 
um, feel free, right? I don't care. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you do you. Let your freak flag fly and do it fucking proudly. You know, I've asked, I've had people say, are you gay? Dude, if I were gay, the whole goddamn planet would know it. Okay. I'd be as, I'd be out there, man. Right. There'd be no closet that could hold me because it's who Our you lives are. lives would be so much simpler. Oh God. If we were gay. Yeah, I know. We've, we've oh, discussed yeah. this ad nauseum. Um, <laughs> the, the fact is, is, is that is how I, how I see things. Socially, I am very liberal. Do you, right? But my politics, I guess I am a little more in my politics is more regarding like military spending. But that's about it. Right. I'm, I'm conservative about my spending. Why are we spending money on this? Right. I don't understand the point. And then military, there are a lot of people that fucking hate the United States, maybe for good reason, maybe not for good reason. It doesn't matter. But when you are a superpower, you've got people that are going to fucking hate you. And I am very much a proponent of the walk, uh, talk softly and carry a big stick. Right. So I'm fine. And people say, oh, so you're okay with them spending $1,200 on a toilet. I don't believe they actually spent $1,200 on a toilet. I think that's just a real convenient way to, you know, siphon money into a creepy missile program. Um, but oh, yeah, there was a CIA guy on Joe Rogan talking about, yeah, yeah, everyone knows about the $10,000 coffee mug. Right. And it's like anybody who truly believes that we paid $10,000 for a coffee <laughs> mug and is living under a rock. No, we spent 89 cents on the coffee mug and 9,000, whatever the math would be on that, um, went towards black ops programs and things like that. I know we have black ops programs. I know we're sniping motherfuckers with drones and shit like that. And no, I don't care. Right. Because the fact is, is that if given the opportunity, these folks would do the same thing to us in droves. Right. Um, no, I don't think that it's okay to kill innocents. And, and I do believe that civilian casualties should be, um, you know, limited, reduced as much as humanly possible. But there are a lot of bad people out there and maybe sometimes we're one of them. I don't know. Right. But yeah. So for, so my spending, I want, I want to be conservative. My military, I want to be big. Um, but then what you do with your life beyond that, I don't give a fuck basically. The, Thank you. Brandy Love. The only problem uh, with um, the, the, the way that we're conducting uh, foreign policy now and have, largely been doing so since uh well i mean for a long time but primarily since george bush barack obama and here uh most recently obviously president trump now we have a drone program where we operate on foreign soil so what we've in traditionally in the past, uh, everything's been about the Geneva Convention. There's a lot of stuff still going on to that, and I've no idea what you two fuckers are snickering about. <laughs> Just look at chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I, I'm sending funny pictures and uh, submitting names for this week's podcast. Oh, God. But uh, regardless, uh, what that it, it, there is a very strong possibility, uh, and this has put, been put forth by basically everybody since September 11th, and then when we started the uh, drone strike program, 
and outside the theater of war, because obviously if we go into a country, occupy a country, uh, we're, we're engaging in warfare there. But what can come back to haunt us is right now uh, we've sort of got the best drones in the world. That's only going to last so long. Uh, even Kalashnikov, uh, the people that came up with the infamous AK-47, they have come up uh, with a drone. Uh, and if you guys haven't seen it yet, it's a decent flick. Uh, you can watch Angel Has Fallen. And I haven't seen that yet. I don't think that yeah. this one's uh, Gerard Butler. It, right. Uh, and uh, Morgan Freeman is the president or whatever. And uh, Morgan Freeman is God, literally. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so in one of the uh, beginning scenes of the movie, what someone has done is they have taken a fleet of exploding drones. And these exploding drones uh, came in a fucking swarm. I mean, it was like a flock of birds and they basically blew up everybody in the secret service came damn close to killing the president, the whole nine yards. And how did the they figure out who was in the secret service? Uh, literally they had because these things. Now they, they had these things hooked into a laptop running a facial recognition program. And it would target people and go, oh, yeah, there's Bob. Boom. But it's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> the secret service. Yeah. Damn it doesn't it, sound there's very holes secret. In, there's holes in this movie. There's holes in this yeah, movie. I yeah, I already but, think but, this, but is, this is not time, a documentary. But, you know, with those Kalashnikov drones, uh, it, it wouldn't take a terribly smart individual to tie that into a facial recognition program. These are the targets that I'm looking for. And where I'm going with this is we're not the only one with drones. No. And those Kalashnikov drones, that they basically priced them that they could build them for a few hundred bucks a piece. So, yeah, we've got the uh, big ones that can, uh, you know, fly around, you know, tens of thousands of feet and take people out from God knows where. Uh, they're pretty awesome. We've got ones that can do stealth, but if you've got the wrong group with a couple of hundred bucks, yeah. uh, those, th those policies, I mean, you, you could even be dealing with, uh, some smaller country like Qatar or, I don't think Qatar has got anything against us now. <laughs> now, give us time. You, you could take some of these places and they go, oh, well, you know, we have this political interest that we don't like you guys being in this particular region. We're going to go out and buy 40,000 of these Kalashnikov drones because we can do that for under a million bucks. Sure. Well, yeah. no, no, that would be over a million bucks. But let's say $2 million. And yeah, we dare you send people over here uh, or oppose us. Yeah, we're just going to send in these 10,000 drones and wipe right. out your entire fucking army. And the, and the thing is, is that everything, you know, I, I haven't seen Angel Has Fallen. I know the kind of the premise because in the in the um, trailer, they actually show the drones and everything. Right. And uh, I was going to mention that all of that stuff. I'm a big science fiction nerd and love sci fi. And I 
grew up on B movies, right? They were easier to come by, find them on HBO and stuff like that. And some of the best sci-fi movies I've ever seen have been low budget, but with incredible uh, plots. And they never make it to kind of an A budget because they're they're just too intelligent for the masses, right? And people people are dumb and they want dumb movies. Um, but the B movies always tend to put the story over the special effects and things. And the point is, is that a lot of the things that I see coming to fruition now, all the way to like iPads and stuff, started in sci-fi 20 years ago. You know, the the, the captain would hand the first mate a, an acrylic, a piece of acrylic, and, uh, you know, uh, they'd touch it a couple of times and be like, yeah, go on, do your thing. Um, okay, find a movie, asshole. Come on, find it. <laughs> you found B movie. Now find a movie. And it's, but, but the point is, is that nothing, nothing that you just mentioned about facial recognition and explosives and all that is out of the realm of possibility, right? Um, we have facial recognition. We have the drones. You've got the explosive capability. Um, and there's no telling if the U.S. has anything like that or not versus the, the big drones that we're you know, privy to because I think that a lot of governments do the, hey, look over here uh, scenario or, you know, so yeah, none of that is none of that is really far fetched, and I think that's the scary part. Um, Skynet is uh, Skynet is definitely in its beginning phases. That Angel Has Fallen movie sounds kind of like the Black Mirror episode where they have the artificial bees, mm-hmm. and uh, this hacker figures out how to remote control them because they're tied into the internet. And again, and turns them into fucking killer bees and has people vote on Twitter on who dies. Give it time, man. It's fucking awesome. Give it time. I never got into Black Mirror. Nothing against it. Just um, my brain is fucked up enough. Like the shit that goes on, the the, uh, intrusive thoughts and things that I have. The last thing I need is to see someone else's intrusive thoughts um, set to uh, uh, screenplay. it's like Twilight Zone, but yeah. modern. It's and pretty cool. I like it. Twilight Zone, you know, can still fuck with me from time to time. There's a, a classic episode, and I can't remember what it is, but this guy <clears throat> just wants to sit and read, right? And and he, he breaks his glasses. Yes. <laughs> and then at the end of the at the end of the or towards the middle or end of the episode, like everybody's frozen or something like that, like time stops. Yeah. I, maybe that's Except it. Maybe for he him. finds a device that t- stops time, and he's just like, "Oh, this is great! I have all this time to read." Da 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 da. And somehow that device gets malfunctions or whatever and he can't start time and then right he breaks his reading glasses right so (laughs) he's stuck in this uh there was time now yeah there there was was time time. but he didn't he didn't have the ability even some of that shit it'll send a chill down my spine like no no i didn't need to watch that uh tales from the dark side was uh also one of my favorites back in the day uh i never watched that friday nights or saturday maybe it was saturday nights they would do Twilight Zone and um, uh, Tales from the Dark Side. Just the they they did the negative of a forest. You know, like they'd see they do stuff and then they'd turn it into the negative. Like that was the big scary thing. Here's <laughs> of War character was that? Doug? Oh, that's JD. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's pre pre. Yeah. I buy buy gifts for people and forget apparently. I guess it's not every. I you know I linear television. I remember when there was a time when you like had to be at a place at a time to see a thing, and yeah. I I saw a meme or a joke about you know I feel bad for kids uh, 
never getting to live with that whole hurry up, hurry up. It's coming back on, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and this is an old man thing to say, but you know, life was a lot simpler, um, 30 years ago. I mean, for as complicated as things were, and there was a lot going on in the world. And, you know, when you're younger, being a kid was awesome because you had no fucking responsibilities except to know where your GI Joes were and, you know, et cetera. Um, but the world has, we've, we've gotten more technologically advanced. We're more connected, quote unquote. And it, I saw another thing that said something about the, um, we always thought that ignorance came from a lack of, uh, knowledge. Right. And we have, uh, we have, um, proven that that's not the case, right? We have absolutely proven that's not the case. I am not in 1987, you fuckers. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> You're stuck in 1987. <laughs> I said life was, I said life was simpler. The behind chat. Right. Um, I was, I, I do think things were simpler, but you know, just like with music, you see people all the time where all they'll listen to is shit they listened to 20 years ago. Right. Um, and that's very odd to me. I don't listen to a lot of that stuff anymore. Well, for one, it kind of brings up memories, right? That's the one thing about music is like, if I listen to Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine, I am transported back to like 92, 93 and where I was at in my life. And it's just like, wow, that's overwhelming. I can't think about that right now. Still love some of the songs, still listen to them. Yeah, I had a pretty traumatic, uh, traumatic experience. And I was listening to this fucking album. It's a really good Kendrick Lamar album, mm-hmm. but now I can't fucking listen to it. It fucking sucks ass. It's so right. good. I ruined it. I'm right. like, now if I'm having a bad time, don't listen to fucking anything. Right. Because you don't want to, you don't want to associate them. You know, they, they talk about how smell is one of the most powerful senses for that as far as, you know, recollection. And for me, I think music is if, if smell is number one, which they're probably right. Number two is definitely music, man. There are songs. Um, my first divorce uh, the disturbed album believe, um, got me through that divorce. Right. But now it's hard for that and stains break the cycle. I have a hard time listening to either one of those albums because of the, the memories that, that it brings back. You know, I'm always looking for new music though. Um, I kind of have a voracious appetite for music and I, I want to hear the newest thing. And I have found some great bands. That's how I found uh, bullet for my Valentine. Um, you know, at the time I was in my my thirties and late thirties. And these kids are 20 fucking years old, but they're writing (laughs) awesome fucking metal. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but that's how, that's how I do. I found a band recently light the torch. Uh, one of the singers from, uh, kill switch engage didn't even know that he did another album or was in another band or anything. And it's become an absolute favorite of mine lately. So there's this thing where people, I appreciate the past. I do. I appreciate what I've been through and what I've seen. And I appreciate the simpler times and, and some of the comforts that I've, you know, forgotten about, but I don't want to live in the past. Right. I'm, I'm more of a, <laughs> I have anxiety. I worry about the future. The past has already well, fucked me. I'm not, you know, for a lot of people, their childhood was like actually good, I guess. Fair Seems enough. kind of weird, but they, they want to relive those memories. Cause now they're, you know, their life sucks ass. You're not but wrong. Yeah. For me, like now is definitely better than when I was a kid. Right. Same, same. And that, so you're, I, I think you kind of, you probably hit the nail on the head with that one is that it, people who, I, I don't think it goes for everybody. I've got somebody in mind that I know they're, 
their childhood was fairly tumultuous, but I, I think for the most part, um, you're right. You, if you had that great kind of, um, eighties kids movie <laughs> growing up where everything was good. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of and stand by me. And you know, there were the eighties were great for that. I want that me to do the truffle shuffle for you. No, no, Doug. no, no, <laughs> no, I don't. All right. So oh, this, is the last, shuffle, shuffle. this is the last podcast we ever do. Um, because I am scarred now. Um, no, I don't want to. <laughs> oh guys. So B- Bill Weathers died, right? Yeah, ain't no sunshine when he's gone at all. So he's from Slab Fork, West Virginia. Okay. That's like two miles from where my parents grew up, and it's uh-huh. like three houses. I was going to say, it's probably a, a nothing, right? <laughs> it's yeah. a curve. Okay. You go down the road, and you you come around Slab Fork, which is this curve that everyone wrecked their fucking car on because it's sharper than it looks. And there's like three houses down in the bottom, and that's, that's the entire town. That's... I've... There are some towns in Ohio that are like that, very, very similar. <laughs> like you said, come around. You know, if you blink, yeah. literally, if you blink, you miss it. Um, yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, I, I am a huge. I actually, you know, funny enough, I did not know that he sang um, "Stand by Me" um, and "Lean on Me." Lean on me. I'm sorry, I said "Stand by me. me." Lean on me. I actually did not know that that was Bill Withers, and I, I am a, I, I considered myself a Bill Bill uh, Withers fan, but really for me. Um, if he did nothing else in his life but write, record, and perform uh, "Ain't No Sunshine," he would have contributed everything he needed to to society. Um, that is a phenomenal song. Um, I hear Shadow getting restless in the yeah. back there. Doug. Yeah, he, he's ready for some loving. So loving's Shadow. Give him a mic, right? <laughs> Get him on the, here. We're gonna do a dog podcast. <laughs> yeah right doug best neighbor ever yeah he doesn't bark much but you know <laughs> he is a hound dog though i mean that kind of comes that kind of comes natural so right. that's about all i got i got nothing Same. else to bitch about you got anything else to bitch about doug uh other than if there's anybody listening to this podcast that's considering uh like taking hydroxychloroquine outside of a doctor's usage i would highly recommend against it it's one of those uh, medicines that it sort of works by being poisonous and they give you just the right amount that way it doesn't doesn't, right yeah yeah sort of of like chemo you know chemo is effectively poison and is trying to stop cells from reproducing. Sounds like a recreational drug. It's poisonous, but not if you take just a little bit. Just enough. Yeah. Well, they used to use strychnine for the same reason. Uh, That'll fucking kill you dead too. Yeah. The whole, um, the whole idea. Fish tank cleaner. Yeah. The the whole idea of that is, you know, Oh, it worked. It may have possibly worked in a couple of people. So the fact that they're not doing it everywhere is a conspiracy. It's like, guys, think about that for a second. Just like you said with well, chemo, right? Right, right now, know? considering the the timing, um, that's used to treat a variety of sort of um, autoimmune disorders. 
okay. Like lupus. Uh, lupus is the biggest one. So as soon as that was put out in the media, you've got people who have conditions like lupus who will die without the drug who are basically being told that, yeah, we can't fill your prescription because, you know, somebody else may be sick. It's like you, you, you have people that will die without this drug who, uh, you know, they're being told that, no, we're going to have to use this for COVID-19 patients. This has been a huge social experiment, right? And I mentioned earlier in the episode about panic light. Um, And what I mean by that is that this isn't as serious as something could be, right? I'm not saying it's not serious. I'm not, you know, saying I'm not dismissing anything. I'm stating that this is not as serious as it could be. And the amount of panic that I have seen and the hoarding and the toilet paper, that's all I got to say, is, is overwhelming, right? And it's more people's people in mass, their reaction to all of this is much more terrifying to me than, than the virus and the people that have died from it. Again, you know, sympathy to them and their families. And I mean that very genuinely. Um, but the, the thing is that- up on fucking ammo. And that's all I have to say about that. Some <laughs> people did. Yes. And I understand why they did it, you know, because it. Um, it made you realize real quick how, again, uh, social media influence. I saw a meme about uh, or a tweet about uh, this is, you know, you look at the way people are reacting over this and you understand why the government never told us about the aliens. Uh, you know, <laughs> if, if, if there were aliens or hell, if you had a good EMP pulse from the sun, a nice little solar flare that cooked half the planet. Um, I can't even imagine the ridiculousness that would ensue um, in most places. And that is, it's petrifying. But I do very much believe I've made the comment that I do believe that, I don't believe this is a a conspiracy or a, um, a lot of people are pushing the whole, uh, that COVID is weaponized. Yeah, weaponized and everything. And it, uh, it would be based on what I've seen, it would be a pretty decent weaponized strain. People say, well, it's not killing people fast enough. Well, if you do that, you kill all your hosts and it doesn't spread. Um, but you don't want it to be too weak because then it doesn't create enough havoc. So could it have been, you know, military grade? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist. And again, I try never to say never and never say always. Well, China would tell us if they made it. They're a very open group, those folk. Yeah, very, very open. Basically, everything they do is open source. Yeah, Uh, right, open source. Yeah, right. I'm going to go with the outbreak argument on that one. Yeah. And I'm sure that's got everybody confused there for a second. Um, If uh, it's Morgan Freeman, by the way. Yeah, another one. Morgan Freeman, seven degrees of Morgan Freeman. Yeah. So. In in that they had the uh, they had the two strains of the Motaba virus, uh-huh. Motaba. and right, Motaba. and the Spoiler one alert, it was Ebola. Had, <laughs> yeah, uh, the one that they had weaponized, they had already developed a serum to treat people with. So, if there had been someone that had genetically engineered this 
unless they just genetically engineered it and then turned it loose in the wild, which would be highly improbable because you would not want a biological weapon floating around that you didn't have stockpiles of shit to protect at least the important people with. But we haven't seen any U.S. politicians or their families uh, report that they have had a fatality. So a fatality from fatality. Rand Paul. Yeah, because Rand Paul's real popular in the uh, the old Illuminati oh, he's high up. these days. He's high up. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. basically the leader. Yeah, right. So again, I think that in, in going back to that, to your point, it, it very well could have been. I just don't personally believe that it was. And I don't, and there's, if nothing else, there's not enough evidence to, to, to show that there was, right? But, but, but there's no evidence that it's but not. But it's not. So, You're absolutely right. Yeah, and that's the way my brain yeah. works. So, but what- Adam's um, full of shit. <laughs> read the news anywhere on uh, the subject. Fake news, fake news, mainstream media. Uh, <laughs> Let me just oh, send that's you this right. tweet. Let me Dan send you this tweet. Is the only source of truth. Right. Don't please don't believe anybody but me, guys. I don't want you to get hurt. Um, <laughs> I actually posted a um, a song to Facebook earlier, "Liar" by Henry Rollins, and uh, it's been forever since I've heard that song. Right. I love and that, that song. That really just kind of clicked when you said that about uh, you know I, I I promise I won't lie to you again. You can trust me this time. Um, but I do believe. So while I'm not going to go full conspiracy tinfoil hat wearing uh, guy and say that this was, you know, engineered by the government, the Illuminati, whoever. um, But I do believe that entities like the Department of Justice and Homeland Security, hell, KGB, everybody, they are definitely watching what I am referring to as the human herd management experiment, right? The amount of people that are you know, I've seen people say, well, you know, you shouldn't be going out because we're on house arrest and da, 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 da. And at first you think they're kidding and realize, no, they're, they truly believe they're not allowed to leave their home for anything. Guys, this is not martial law, right? That's a completely different thing. And you notice they didn't pull the trigger on that. Um, this is sort of a voluntary uh, suggestion, short of, you know, certain parks and, you know, things like that are, are legally shut down. Um, but it, the, Again, I go back to the people that are crying for stricter policies and how we need to close everything down and let the government take care of this. And it's, believe me, there are those people that are taking a lot of interest in that mentality and that thought process. Yeah, even if it's not intentional, they're definitely taking this as an opportunity to learn. I would think so. I I can't believe that they're not. You know, I I know I would if that was my industry, if that's what I did. Um, Yeah. You know, I think every industry is going to watch and have people that analyze the data from the, you know, Charmin manufacturers to the um, to the telecoms watching what bandwidth can do um, when when everybody's at home. So there's a a very wide uh, swath of information that can be gleaned from this. And I and it as somebody that, you know, wanted to go into the field of sociology and psychology a long, long time ago. I find it fascinating, the shit that I'm reading, you know, it's, it's devastating and it's terrifying, but, um, I read something, a guy said, uh, you know, never let a, a good catastrophe go to waste. Um, learn from it. If nothing else, make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, but if you don't learn from it, um, you've, you've kind of let it go to waste. I think we'll come out a lot different from this on the other side. Um, one of the what the if I remember right, and I don't remember the disease specifically, 
around uh and we had mentioned south korea earlier um south korea had uh an, a, a disease pop out I, I can't remember if it was uh, a strain of sars or what it was but they had something back in 2015 and that's why they were a lot better prepared for it the next time around so i think that for the united states this is going to be uh, while it's not the same, uh, I'm using this in reference to culture shift of government, people, everything else. I think we're going to have another, this is going to be our 9-11 moment to where people so. realize yeah. this shit is real. Yeah. Uh, there, there are dangers and we will be better prepared for the next one. Um, You'd hope, right? Yeah. I'd like to think that the American people, at least, if the government doesn't, that the American people will stop and realize that everything that you you kind of – a lot of what people rely on is a construct. And it, I think this has shown people just how fragile um, a lot of those constructs are, things like law and order and, and food delivery and rights and all of that stuff. It's very fragile and it can crumble away very quickly at, you know, because of some random molecules running around, um, making people ill. And again, this isn't even as serious as it could be. So you'd like to think that people will have learned from it. I hate to be the one that says this, but uh, since we've genetically sequenced this thing, we know how it's built. Uh, whenever a new virus is identified like this, they don't necessarily rely on samples to be shipped from A to B. They can turn around and create a copy of a virus in a lab. Yeah, absolutely. If you have somebody who uh, is well enough educated in such things, Mm -hmm. you can flip this gene here, flip that gene there. CRISPR action. Yep. Flip a couple of genes and you could realistically have someone that takes something that's as contagious as the coronavirus and turns it into something much, much nastier. Mm-hmm. You kind of chimera it and, and take the, you know, how easily it spreads. You take that, you know, gene from this one and you can take a gene from Ebola and you can take a gene from that. I personally believe that all of that still already exists deep underground somewhere. Right. And uh, the stand may be more of a uh, preface than, than a a science fiction novel. (laughs) Adam, you got anything? You're just going to sit there and shake your head. Yeah. I I just agree that uh, Stephen King uh, caused the coronavirus. (laughs) <laughs> have you guys have you guys seen the tweet and I I I don't know if the person was being a troll or what. I I tend to and I know this is unusual, I tend to research things when I see them on social media. And I saw this tweet where Stephen King stated, "Listen, the coronavirus is nothing like the stand because of course people were, you know, mm-hmm. comparing the two." And he's like, "It's nothing like the stand. It's not that bad, whatever." And someone replies to his tweet, um what do you know? Have you even read it? And, 
<laughs> so that's a motherfucker with a belief right there. And that's I thought, awesome. I thought this is bullshit. This is fake. I could have done this in, uh, in Photoshop. So I, I bebop over to Stephen King's Twitter and no, no, it is the top fucking tweet. It's, you know, and of course underneath people are going, does he, did he know that, uh, you know, and my thought is this guy's gotta be fake, right? He's this dude's bullshit and he's trolling, yeah. you know, whatever. So I go and I start looking at this guy's profile and if he is a troll, he is the, the king of trolls because this dude just was dumb, just dumb. Uh, and so I think it's real. I, I just, I'm like, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> You don't know who Stephen King is. You're gonna well, you're gonna reference the stand. I'm. He's probably so getting confused. scared because uh, he had this book called Rage that he had to pull because it was basically Columbine, and then Columbine happened. Oh no shit! And everyone basically kind of blamed him in a way because they Stephen said that he inspired King it. Is the devil? The devil. <laughs> the devil. That boy, the devil. Stephen King and Marilyn Manson. I didn't know that. Rage. I've. I'm sure I've seen it. I'm. I was not a huge Stephen King fan. I. I have an incredible amount of respect for what he's done. Um, and I have read The Stand. That's one of the few of his that I've. And the uh, I think the Tommy. Have you even read it? Have you even read it, bro? Um, Have you even read your own book? The Tommy Knockers, and then he had a uh, the Bachman <laughs> books, uh, which is a collection of works when he wrote as uh, something Bachman. Richard Bachman is it Richard Bachman? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, a couple of those stories were really good. Actually, he you mentioned that rage, and I have to wonder there was a story in there about a guy who um, it, it kind of focuses on him like feeding squirrels or feeding crackers to squirrels or something, but it's about this rage in his head. And he, he basically like murders the fucking classroom and things like that. And of course snaps. Yeah. Back. It was a, it was a school shooting book. Okay. And I got to wonder if it maybe didn't that, age very well. <laughs> right, yeah. About that. It's, um, but I'm, I'm not a huge Stephen King fan. His son, whose pen name, I cannot remember off the top of my head. Um, has done some stuff yeah, that like I've, we don't have Google anymore. The, the collective, uh, the collective knowledge of the universe, right? Um, he's done some stuff that uh, I really liked and did not even know it was him. Um, I looked up his name to see wait, what else has this guy done. I kind of like he, he's done a couple of things for Netflix and uh, yeah. I I remember looking him up and he's like the, the as soon as I saw his picture, I was like uh. Wait a minute. <laughs> and he's like, he yeah. also looks like a caveman. <laughs> oh my God, dude. He's Joe Hill. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he changed it because he didn't want to like ride his dad's coattails. And shit. Yeah. He's Joseph Hillstrom King. That's it. Yeah. So he took Joseph Hill. Um, and he was born in 72, Dan. And he's made something of his life. Doesn't that make you feel horrible? 1972. Um, trying to think of what it was that he... Um, Dan's made something of his life, Doug. <laughs> well, I was born in '74. I'm no Joe Hill either. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not dead. I'm not in jail. Uh, I have no illegitimate children that I know of. Um, I've so, made yeah. a few attempts, but you know, I don't think. <laughs> Lock and key. Um, he did. He he wrote um, Lock and Key for. Um, it was a graphic novel. And then Netflix picked it up and I liked it. It's, it's, it's geared towards teens, tweens, whatever. You got to take that into consideration, but it's really neat. Um, and horns, um, 
which had Daniel Ratcliffe, also kind of neat. Um, Nosferatu, which I haven't seen yet, but his um, he did another one. Um, one of the women from Lock and Key was in it, and it's very Stephen Kingish. There's this cornfield that uh, kind of calls to people. I haven't seen it. Do you guys need me to unzip my pants? That, uh... <laughs> oh yeah, you're talking about Children of the Corn. <laughs> Uh, it was somewhat similar, yeah. Um, yeah, it's Children of the Corn. But he's he's definitely got his dad's sense of of writing um, and his face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no genes from his mother. Um, I'm not sure what happened in the King basement, but uh, I feel like spit him out of his ass. Speaking of some crisper action, probably wrote a book about it since he writes 16 books a year or some ridiculous right. shit like that. I mean, he's no Dean. Have R. you guys King. seen that? Have you guys seen that uh, Family Guy bit when he's writing Misery? Uh-uh. I mean, I'm sure I have. I've probably seen every Family Guy episode 10 times. So he's, uh, so he's walking down the snowy road, right? And this guy comes around the corner in this car and hits him. And he goes flying through the air. And while he's in the air, he's like, oh, shit, I should write a book about this. <laughs> <laughs> and when he hits the ground, when he hits the ground, he's like, all right, done. <laughs> I don't know how I can barely compose a decent, coherent email. Uh, well, here, here's the crazy thing about it. You know, Stephen King had all of these pen names mm-hmm. uh, where he did things like wrote the green mile and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it for him, uh, you would think that, you know, if he wanted to do something slightly different, he would put it out under another name. So he didn't ruin his brand or some bullshit like that. No, the publishers were bitching because he was writing so many books. So he started writing the the books under the Stephen King name for his main publisher. And then it was subterfuge for him to be able to turn around and put out because, you know, the publishers were afraid he would saturate the market with his own works and undercut himself somehow. So just as a testament to Stephen King, he puts out books under other names (laughs) because he's writing so many goddamn books and they just fucking go off the charts too. You know, my new pen name is John Q baller, right? (laughs) There's a, it reminded me when you said that about green mile, uh, Shawshank about the epic rap, epic rap battles of history, um, where it's Stephen King, Edgar Allan Poe and, um, I think somebody else pops in, but it's, it's Edgar Allan Poe and Stephen King. And he talks about being able to uh, uh, crank out a Shawshank or a green mile. And it, it, you know, like you said, it's a testament that the man can, you know, do what he does. And and again, they're classics, Cujo, um, Christine, all of these. Um, I don't, I don't hate on the guy. I just, I I don't particularly like um, his voice in novels. I don't, I, they don't flow well. So, but what he's done and the characters he's created, um, I mean, fuck the, the shining, I mean, you know, so what's that? It's, uh, it's a, it's a little, uh, little movie you probably never heard of. Didn't really influence culture much, Red Rum, <laughs> anything like that. So, um, was that the one about the space launch about the moon landing being fake? Yes. Okay, no, I thought so. no, no. <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you seen the people think that that's, uh, a hidden confession from Kubrick that he faked the moon landing. Uh, yeah, it's a thing. No, 
God. It's a thing. It's a thing. They made a documentary about it. It's on Netflix. Oh, well, if they made a documentary, we know it's true, right? And accurate. And Well, it is watching. true that people have that theory. It is true that people have that theory. That is true. So you could you could write a um you could write a documentary for that. So <coughs> I don't All right. All right, Doug, we'll wrap this up. <laughs> What's that? The unabridged, yes, the unabridged yes. This podcast. is the director's cut. Hey, people like you know, people like it. So, um, all right, real quick, I just uh, I do want to tell people that uh, we've got bullshirtpodcast uh, dot com. Uh, how did I? I don't remember how I. Yeah, um, we all have emails there. Um, I would be curious for people to hit us up with either questions, comments, or things that they want us to, uh, uh, you know talk about bitch about or you know argue with us um debate with us there's no uh there's nothing that says that you can't you can reach us at contact at bullshirtpodcast.com we each have our own emails if you just want to like send uh nude pics um oh, just God, send those directly just, to just adam please, no dick pics i was gonna please. say the no dick pics dick we're pics. about to get you know rip inbox dick pics so that's fine that's you know, like fine. a fucking you know uh hot dog Never mind. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you've got Adam at uh, um, Bullshirt Podcast, Doug, Rich, Dan. Uh, Adam also does music. I think we've talked about that before under the uh, 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 Lester is Dead. Uh, Lester is Dead.com. Check it out. Dead. It's yep. the best. Check it out. It's hot fire. I, uh, I do stupid t shirts at um, beardinthewind.com. Uh, tend to be motorcycle inspired. Um, Waiting, uh, I've I've entered into a uh, a deal with a guy to make uh, uh, soap for me. Um, still, <laughs> still waiting on that. Um, you know, so Doug, um, <laughs> hoping to do some beard oils and things like that. So, used to have a pretty impressive beard, and then got divorced, and those can be a little rough on your psyche and make you do weird shit, like shave your fucking two year old beard uh, off. Doug yeah, just pointed just out that the bullshit podcast. She shaved off her hair on her head. You shaved it off on your face. You've got no hair on my head anymore. Nature and genetics have taken care of that. What'd you say, Adam? The website doesn't work. The website doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, Doug just pulled it up and it doesn't work. Oh, God damn it. I did the same thing. It doesn't work. Oh, Though I suppose by the time people are hearing this, we'll have it fixed. So I was going to say, matter, right? But... Hopefully uh, you'd like to think. Now I'm going to leave it just for uh, continuity. Um <laughs> Leave it broken. <laughs> That's right. Just so everyone can not hit it. Um, huh. Well, that's curious. <laughs> Gee, that's peculiar. Please hold. We are experiencing technical difficulties. All right. Yeah, I'll look that up. So hopefully by the time this gets put out, uh, we can we can race now, Adam. Who can... Uh, you can try. Of course, even if you put it out, no one will be able to tell because it's not on the website. Um, <laughs> the pinecast.co works. Did you forward it? I thought I did. So because uh, Doug actually pointed out to me recently because I crushed the um, the Shopify store. Uh, I just felt like it was a cost we didn't need to spend right now because we don't have any merchandise to sell. Um, that'd be another one. You know, let us know either, either comment wise or uh, we, we have definitely uh jokingly created some mugs uh and some t-shirts and things like that with some of the stupid shit that we say on the podcast um you know so let us know if that's something you would like and if uh you know vote let us know what you think would be funny on a mug or whatever sometimes we're funnier than than others um but that would be great to know what 
if people would be interested in that. But yeah, I did crush the Shopify stores, 30 bucks a month. I didn't feel we needed to pay. Doug noticed that it wasn't redirecting. So I fixed it, sent it to him and said, hey, it's fixed. He said, yep, I can go there now. Cool. So um, there could be something going on with the hosting provider. I've gotten some emails about other websites that I have that have been a little weird today. So I'll double check that. Um, but yeah, I'd like to think I can get that fixed before you can get this uh, up on podcast. We'll we'll see. It'll be up in two hours. Yeah, so. I can probably fix this in two hours. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, again, uh, when it's working, it's bullshitpodcast.com. And we all have email there. Um, contact at bird, bird, <laughs> bird shit podcast. At, um, <laughs> well, this podcast is very white. <laughs> it is. We are a, uh, we are a very Caucasian uh, centric group. So pasty crew. Usually, usually we've got, yeah, we are pasty too. Um, <laughs> usually we try to, you know, put a little uh, coffee in our cream with uh, rich. Uh, he had, uh, he had some things he had to take care of today and couldn't be here. Um, his, uh, for those of you that have been keeping up, his surgery was postponed. Um, as you can imagine, because of the, uh, coronavirus stuff, uh, he is slated to have uh, surgery to repair a hole in his heart that, uh, caused him to have a stroke about a month or so ago. So he's good. And he has been on the podcast yammering since then. Right. Um, you've probably heard us make some jokes about his eyesight. He did lose peripheral vision in both of his eyes during the, uh, during the stroke. So, but, uh, so I am sure he will have plenty to talk about after they go in and do that. Um, so we'll get him, we'll get him set up and get him, get him on here as soon as we can. And maybe one of these days we'll do this uh, live again uh, in, in Adam's spacious luxury apartment, or maybe we won't, who knows, maybe we'll just keep doing it like this. If it works, we'll see. Um, we'll see if the, uh, the chemistry is off. Uh, so that's all I got. Uh, how about you two? I'm good. All right. Well, until uh, until next time, you know, don't uh, blindly swallow somebody's bullshit. Question it. <laughs> so, adios, guys. <laughs>